Hi, Lauren. Hi, how are you? Hi. Good. I'm sorry about that. Thank you no, so much for okay. your Absolutely. Yay. Awesome. Well, I'm <laughs> glad we get to talk today. It sounds like you've been following my work for a little while. Yeah, since like 2016, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can I talk to you a little bit about how I like to do these calls? Absolutely. Yeah, it's just, so it's a chance to, you know, thank you for what you wrote in. I got to read what you wrote for your questions, helpful. So this is a chance to talk a little bit more about that. Like, what is it that you're really wanting in terms of your sexuality, intimacy, relationship? Um, And what do you perceive has been in the way? Like, what is You are aware of what some of those patterns are, and then sometimes they're not aware of all of those patterns, and, and they come out in the work. Um, oh, when you did, or um, are you okay? My internet's been a little wonky today, so let me know if you're losing me at all. Um, yeah, so to really like talk about like what are some of the patterns and the things that have been in the way in terms of what you're aware of, um, and of course you're welcome to ask questions and to guide the conversation in any direction you want to go in. Um, and then, you know, if if we're a good fit, you know, in terms of doing like bigger work together and you want to talk about that at the end, we can do that. Okay, great. Sure. Can you hear me okay? Because on, on my end, it's just coming okay. through a little yeah. blotchy. Yeah, it's, I think it's my internet is really um, shoddy today. So let me just try something. Sure, take your time. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, let's try that. Um, yeah, if it gets too spotty and you can't hear me, let me know. I'll turn off my video. And oh, okay. Probably be better. Sure. Um, so yeah. So why now? What made you? What made you reach out to talk to me now? Um, yeah. So I. It's interesting because for the first time in my life, I'm only 26 years old, but I'm in a healthy relationship and now all of my trauma is like resurfacing and all the problems are starting to transpire, um, particularly sexually. And I've gone to um, like sex therapists before and things like that. Um, but I, the other day I was just feeling so frustrated and I said, if this keeps going on, this relationship isn't going to work. And I don't want to lose this amazing person just because of my sexual challenges, you know? Um, so I have a long history of like sexual abuse and trauma and just violence in relationships. And my current partner is nothing like that. And I find myself a either getting really bored um, B, when we have sex, I just don't feel anything. It's super numb. I dissociate. Or C, if I do feel something, it's resentment or like physical pain. And um, I'm just really confused and I don't know what else to do. You know, I, I'm very educated when it comes to sexuality. Um, I have like all the tools. I keep buying like board games and whips and like all these things to spice it up. And it's just like, I just don't know what's wrong with me. I feel like my my lady bits are broken. I'm 
just taking some notes while you talk. I just like to um, yeah, no, take please notes, do. So, so I try to mute so you don't have to listen to me click away. So <laughs> thank you for all of that. Um, yeah, I mean, clearly you have a language around this. This is not something I can tell. You've thought about it. You've done, you know, tell me a little bit about what kind of work you have done um, in terms of your sexuality or like healing work, therapy. What kinds of things have you done? Yeah, I've been in therapy, like CBT, regular therapy, since I was about 13. And then um, around 22, I want to say, I started seeing a sex therapist. It was very similar to regular therapy, honestly. I didn't notice any difference, really, except maybe we talked about sex more. Um, I've done a lot of energetic work, um, like somatic work, Reiki, because I know that trauma gets like trapped in our bodies. Um, I've done a lot of personal work doing um, like yoga to just bring me back more into my body, meditating, and then gaining the information on like human anatomy and everything like that. So I really don't know what else I can do. I kind of feel like I'm at this roadblock where I'm like, I feel like I've done everything and, I, and nothing's quote unquote working. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can tell just from the way you talk about it that you've been doing the work. So this isn't new, Um, you know, and once in a while, you know, I would say that most of the women that show up in my work don't show up until, my goodness, cats have a lizard, sorry. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) One of them caught a bird a little while ago and the other one just caught a lizard and now the one with the they caught the bird, took the lizard from the little Oh, one. boy. You must live out out west, right? By, like, Arizona? I don't have yeah, lizards by I'm me. In, um, I'm in New Mexico. Okay. These, that these makes pork sense. critters. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. So good. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's – I, I, what I see is that by the time women really come into knowing that this is work they want to do on themselves and in their lives – they don't tend to be in in their 20s. They t- it tends to be really into their 30s, even their mid-30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. I even had a 72-year-old woman just sign up for my work. So um, it doesn't tend to be work that women figure out in their 20s unless they've been through something. You know, it's like your sexual life started really early. You, were, you went through something. You've been in healing work for a long time. Like that really tends to be when the women in their 20s show up like there's a little more like advanced um knowledge at a younger age i think um because of that so i just want to acknowledge i hear that in your story and um good for you that you're doing the work you know Mm -hmm. that you didn't wait because so many women wait and then they're sad about it i mean i can't tell you how many people i've worked with over the years who are like oh if only I would have done this younger, oh, you know, all those years I lost, all, you know. So I just want to acknowledge you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we could, let's just set aside what you know. Let's just set aside what you've been challenged by. And if we could wave the magic wand of sexuality and intimacy and relationships, what would we create for you? Like, what is it that you really want? How do you envision it? I want to to love sex and see it as an opportunity for connection and not be turned off by vulnerability or intimacy 
and I would feel like my body was empowered rather than something that's used against me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is a heavy framing that you've had around sex. Um, and, you know, I don't think it's something that, I mean, I think that's that's a, a framework a lot of women end up feeling, uh, you know, in terms of the meaning of sex or the experiences they've had about sex feel very heavy. Um, but yeah, feeling like it's something that's used against you feels like your power has been given away or taken away a lot. And so that feels like a very big opportunity for you. There's a reclamation there that gets to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you want to love sex. You want to see it as an opportunity for connection. You want to not be turned off by vulnerability or intimacy. So what does that mean that you do want then? I think I want hmm, pleasure, like pleasure from sex with a partner because I have, I have orgasms all the time by myself, but never with my partner. And it's really, really frustrating. <laughs> I get, I get so close and then it just goes away or I have to be fantasizing about who knows what to be turned on. So, okay. Have you ever had, um, orgasms with partners? I could maybe count on my, my one hand how many times. It's very rare. Okay. Okay. So it's not something that's this partner, like that's related to this partner. This is a longer standing thing. Yeah. Okay. So you want to have pleasure from sex with a partner. Um, you want to have orgasms with a partner. What else? I want to be present mm-hmm. and not hate my naked body. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what else. I, I I really just want to heal that that wound around sexual trauma. That I I think that's the major block, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, I want to see sex as equal. I don't want to see it as a power and control thing. I think that's really big for me. Okay. What if it's not? What if it's not equal or... Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel that way as it is right now, so... I feel like that's currently what's happening, at, at least in my own mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my partner tries to make it equal, but for me, I just have all these like resentments and sex feels like a chore. So it, it feels very unequal that he gets to ejaculate and come at the end of every sex session. And I am left feeling like, well, that was a waste of 30 minutes, <laughs> you know? Do you get any joy from it? I think the only joy I get is from knowing that I'm pleasing him. So it's not really about me. It's about making him happy. Okay. 
Yeah. Well, then that would certainly feel like a chore if that's how if that's how sex was going. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could love sex, if you could embrace intimacy, feel empowered in your body, have pleasure with a partner, be present, heal that wound you talked about and experience sex differently, what else would that give you? What else would it give you in your life? I think I'd be a lot happier. Um, I think I would feel safe with my partner and I would feel like it's a, a clean slate, like a new start when it comes to my sexuality. And what would that do for you inside? Like, what would you have like inside yourself with all of that? Um, I feel like a sense of security and feeling connected. Cause right now I just feel unrelatable to other people. I feel kind of isolated in my sexual issues. Um, so I think it would, make me feel more like just comfortable overall in my body in my relationship i'm not quite sure because i've never felt like that and so if you boil that down to one thing that would that give you like freedom wholeness joy like what yeah i was thinking the word wholeness so it's interesting Mm -hmm. you said that Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think those are really the main things people want, you know. Yeah. We want love. We want joy. We want to be free. And we want to feel whole, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hear those things over and over from people. So usually what we're wanting really boils down to, like, one of those things or a combination of those things. Yeah. Uh, okay. So tell me a little bit about the lay of the land right now. Um are you having sex regularly? Are you fighting about it? Or are you avoiding it? Like, kind of, what's what's going on right now? We have sex regularly. Um, mm-hmm. We're in couples therapy right now, and okay. I didn't know if taking sex off the table would be a good idea, or if that would just kind of avoid the issue and exasperate the problem. Because um, for me, a large part of it is feeling obligated to do it, and there's this expectation. So for me, it puts a lot of pressure on myself because my partner doesn't put pressure on me whatsoever. It's all self-inflicted. Um, but yes, we are having sex pretty regularly. So maybe like five times a week. Okay. So five times a week and you don't enjoy it. No, (laughs) not really. (laughs) How long have you been together? It's like a brand new relationship, maybe eight months. Okay. So that's where my confusion comes from because I'm like, shouldn't it be this like chemistry, this hot sex of a new relationship rather than like, I feel like we've been married for 30 years and you know, it's just flustering. (laughs) And is that because there's just like a comfortability in the relationship and there's not a lot of like tension and passion? 
or is it yeah. something else? I think it's it's the first one. I feel very comfortable with him. Like he's my best friend. Sometimes like borderline, I see him as like a brother. Um, there's definitely not a lot of like X factor there that I've experienced in the past. He's just a very sweet guy. Um, so I feel like in my mind, it's like one or the other. They're either like really sweet and sensitive or they're really crazy and narcissistic and the sex is so hot and passionate. So I think it's the comfortability, but I'm not 100% sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, what kind of family environment did you grow up in? Very tumultuous. Mm -hmm. Um, I never experienced like neglect or substance abuse. My parents didn't. My father was very, um, ill. He was chronically sick growing up and he was never really available emotionally or physically. Um, my mom was always caretaking to my dad, so she was never really available either. And then... He passed when I was 15 and I was also adopted. So I have like this abandonment wound. Um, so I would say it was pretty hectic growing up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Have you done work around that particular part of your history? I wanna say yeah, um, cause I've been in therapy for 13 years now. So it's come up a lot, um, but I wouldn't say it's 100% healed if I'm being completely transparent. Mm -hmm. Why did you start therapy so young? Uh, why did I start therapy? When I was 13, I started having really bad depression and self-harming around that age. And uh, I had bulimia for a really long time. So I kind of like begged my mom to let me go to see someone because I was I knew something was really wrong, and I started in um, in school, and then I saw my own counselor outside of school. So I kind of like said to my mom, something needs to to give because I don't feel like safe in my body. Mm -hmm. Okay. And did you experience abuse at a young age before that? Honestly, not that I can remember, and that's sometimes really, like, perplexing to me because I have all this, I've had every symptom of someone that has experienced abuse at a young age, but I cannot remember. I would say the first time was in um, ninth grade, so I was 14, my first boyfriend, um, but nothing before that. Okay. So interesting that you started taking care of yourself, your mental and emotional well-being, even before that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What are the other patterns that you feel like you've experienced around this part of your life? Just a lot of um, self-hatred and, like, very implosive. Um, a lot of self-sabotaging. <laughs> uh kind of like being drawn to dysfunctional people and unhealthy relationships and just kind of like putting myself in situations where I'm re-victimized, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think that's about? 
I think it's about confirming my beliefs about myself, how I feel about myself. I seek out these situations that's gonna confirm that I'm not good enough or I'm unwanted or everyone leaves me. Yeah, you've got a good racket going on with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm being being facetious, but no, you know, okay. we are we're we're very you know, we're very good at that. Absolutely. Um, very good at recreating situations that yeah. can confirm the things that we're so sure of about ourselves. hundred percent. Yeah. How open are you with your new partner about all of this? I would say ninety percent. Um we started going to couples therapy a couple months ago. I'm in therapy. She always tells me to communicate, communicate, communicate. Um, but I'm not very good at communicating because I don't want to say anything that hurts his feelings, you know? But I try to be as honest as I can with him. He's very comforting and validating and like, there's nothing wrong with him. Um, I just feel like it's my own doubt and insecurity and worry. But I, I tell him a lot of things, and he's really supportive. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you want to be in this relationship? I think so, yeah. I don't know why I, like, hesitated. That's kind mm -hmm. of because there's nothing wrong with him. Um, but I, I just feel like if I'm having all these, like, contradictory thoughts this early, I just feel like it's not going to last. Well, you know, a common pattern I've seen, I think you said you read my book, I wrote about this in my book, is that, you know, for the, the good guys, right, the guys that want to be a good guy, they want to create equality in the relationship, they want to be respectful of women, they want to do the right thing, they don't want to harm you know, I think a lot of times what happens, you know, and there's like a stereotype about this, but there is a, there is a real thing there where if we're putting a lot of energy into making sure everything's equal, you know, I'm making sure I'm respecting you, what does get lost is tension, right? That the excitement and the tension, it gets more predictable. It gets more, um, Word I want. Yeah, it's like um, it's hard to you can't. It's hard to do both, and so that's why I actually questioned the idea that you mentioned earlier around sex. Around like sex isn't really equal. You know, it. it hopefully, there's equity in sex, right? We want to build equity, right? But it's like if the way that we're having sex is like, okay, you did me, now I do you, and I had an orgasm, and now it's your turn to have an, like, if that's how we do sex, that's not particularly exciting. And it's, and so it, it kind of removes a lot of the, um, the surprise factor, the, um, the passion, the, like the tension that is what creates um, a really sexy, hot dynamic in sex. And so, you know, and I think, you know, in feminist communities, this has been talked about a lot, 
you know, because it's like, well, yeah, I want to, I want to date a feminist outside of the bedroom, you know, but it's like a feminist inside of the bedroom. It's yeah. not the hottest sex you're going to have in your life. Right. No. And so, you know, something that I'll talk a lot with women about is like, like sometimes you've got to suspend some of that in your sex life. Like it, it, some of that, you know, it's not that all of it goes out the window, but some of it isn't going to work to give you the things that you want. Mm. And, um, and so I think sometimes those dynamics are really worth looking at and digging into. And it's like, you know, babe, I need you to throw me up against a wall sometimes, or I need you to like, you know, whatever it is that would be hot for you. It's like, sometimes giving like pre permission for some of the things that you're like, this would be really hot for me sometime. If you wanted to do that, if you want to come in the door and do X, Y, or Z, or if you wanted to wake me up and, you know, but it's like, um, for someone that respects you, they're not going to do that. If they don't know that, yes, this is something she would want. Right. And, you know, and I think that is where, you know, the BDSM world and a lot of the rules of that world are really helpful because having the safe word, gives people more permission to just go for it because they know their partner has the opportunity to say for it out of it at any time. And then that protects them too. That protects everybody. That makes it safer to take a risk and to go there. And I think for men that really care about women and really want to create an equal world and, you know, and, you know, all of their intentions are coming from the right place. I think a lot of times that's what gets lost sexually in those dynamics. And so I don't think there's anything wrong per se with either one of you. And it could be, you know, yeah, maybe there is a dynamic that doesn't work or it might be that you've fallen into this very common uh, dynamic that I think does happen with kind of like the nice guy and the woman that wants to date a good guy, but like also wants passionate, sexy, hot, you know, stimulating sex um, those don't, they just don't always line up. Yeah, it's so true. I have like, my mind is blown because he is, um, very respectful and, and it's great, but he's not dominant in the bedroom whatsoever. He's, I'm very feminine energy. He's also very feminine energy. So a lot of times he doesn't take charge. He's not aggressive, not meaning like abusive but he's there's not that in the bedroom and it's kind of just like I could just do this better myself so I don't know if that's a conversation I have to have with him because I have introduced like handcuffs and blindfolds and all that jazz and it's just not really helping so I don't know if it's more so the dynamics like you said yeah I mean ultimately in sex someone's got to take charge Right. Someone's got to say, this is what we're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm making a move or I'm making a proposition or, you know, however we go about it, um, you know, or get on your knees and do what I tell you or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever level of that is sexy for you. Like there has to be someone that takes charge, right? And so that's why when you said, I want to get away from sex being about power and control, I think sex is always about power. It's not necessarily always about control, but it is always about power. There's always a power dynamic in sex. Um, and I think, you know, from what I'm hearing, that's part of why this is really falling kind of flat for, for you, because there's not, 
there's not a very rich dynamic. Like there, you know, when there's that push and pull or that like top and bottom or, you know, dominant submissive, or just, I'm going to do you and you're going to really receive it, you know? And again, it doesn't have to always be the same dynamic. You know, I think like switchy partners can be together, but someone has to be taking control, you know, and like making something happen. Mm. So, I mean, in that way, sex is about control on a certain level. Um, And so if neither of you are really doing that, then it would make sense that you're a little bored. You're not really getting your needs met. It's feeling kind of flat um, and unexciting. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've suggested to him like going to like a sex club. I've never gone. I've always been so intrigued. Um, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if that's kind of like a temporary fix for an issue that needs more attending to, you know, I, I have these fantasies about I'm bisexual. Um, and I always, I've never until like a year or two ago, I, I fantasized about the men that I'm with, like having sex with another woman. And it really like, I can't get off to any other fantasy when I'm like masturbating. So I don't know if it's about with my partner, his name's Nick. I don't know if that fantasy is about me being bisexual or if it's about needs not being met and I should be with a woman or if it's about, like you said, needing like that variety or to spice it up because there's that power dynamic that's lacking. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's all three. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be all of those things. It could be any of those things. Um, you know, do you judge yourself for your fantasies? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. So what if you just accepted that those are the fantasies that work for you and you stopped judging yourself and making yourself wrong for it? That would probably feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because if that's your way into pleasure and then then you're using that to feel pleasure, but then you're judging yourself immediately or you're like intervening and saying, Oh no, don't do that. That's not right. Well, then it would make sense. You're not enjoying sex because you're cutting, you know, you're cutting your, what do they say? Cutting your nose off to spite your face or something, you know, like you're, you're not allowing yourself to have the thing that, you know, works for you. And it's, there's nothing wrong with your fantasy. Like you get to have your fantasy and you can keep them to yourself. You can choose to share them with Nick or not. Um, Sometimes maybe you share, sometimes you don't like Mm -hmm. that's your world. That gets to be your world and there's nothing wrong about that. Yeah. I I think I have a lot of shame. I'm starting to realize around sex and my sexuality, which I've never, it's never like concurred to me before uh, occurred to me before that I had that shame because uh, I always felt like, you know, I am a feminist, I masturbate, I talk about sex, I learn about sex, I read about sex, I am sexually empowered. And then when I was like scheduling this, I was like, you know what, I think I have a lot of shame that hasn't been addressed for whatever reason, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it feels like there's pieces you get to heal in yourself. There's different conversations maybe you get to have with Nick to, like, really talk about this dynamic. Like, hey, you know, and you can use this conversation. You say, you know, I, I had this conversation today, and 
you know, she brought up this interesting issue. I'd love to talk to you about it. What do you think? You know, and like, just really bring it up and, and see where he's at, you know, just, you know, um, you know, again, I think it's like, is some kind of power exchange not hot for him or has he done the same thing you're doing? And he's like shamed himself out of it or told himself he shouldn't want that. So he doesn't allow it. Right. And so I think if you both get underneath that for yourselves, you'll have more like of the real data to work with, you know, and like, are we just not a match or have we just not been giving ourselves permission for these aspects of ourselves that could end up being super hot and fun that we could explore together? You know? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think about what for him. Um, see, my my issue is I don't want to make him feel inadequate or like emasculate him and make him feel like he's not doing good enough or pleasing me. So I don't know how to approach the conversation in like a kind way without it sounding like he's the issue. Cause I think he's trying really hard to work with me cause he knows my history. So I think he's a little like scared to do something wrong, which is great to have that empathy, but at the same time is also kind of like blocking from what it could be. Yeah. And I think you get to, Acknowledge that with him, you know, acknowledging what he's been doing to be really kind and loving with you and then saying, here's how I think that's having this adverse effect that I wasn't realizing, you know, um, you know, I, I want things to feel really hot with you. I want to feel excited and I don't always. And here's why I think that might be happening. You know, can we explore this? I think there's absolutely ways to have that conversation and not be blaming him, you know, but just acknowledging, wow, here's the dynamic. You're like this really great guy. You totally want to be respectful of me. You know, I have this history and there's a, there's a, a tension that's not happening. That is what would make sex hotter for me at least. And maybe for both of us, you know, mm-hmm. can we look at that and how to create more of that tension? Yeah, that's a good way to start the conversation. I I don't know if I know what would create it, though, um, because he's, like, suggested, like, let's do it in public or, Mm -hmm. like, something like that to, like, create, I guess, a richer sex world. But I have so much resistance to that um, because I'm very, like, I'm a naturally anxious person, and I, I have been caught by the police before doing that, and almost went to jail, so, like, I am terrified to do that again, so, um, I guess I'll bring it up and, like, see what his thoughts are, because I don't want to have, like, everything else is great, and then this part of our relationship ultimately was the demise, you know? Yeah, and I think you can share that, too, you know? Like, yeah. I want this part to be as good as the rest of the relationship. You know? Yeah. I mean, I obviously, know. you're in therapy. You're both acknowledging that it, there's some, some work to be done here. So. Yeah. I feel like it's all on my end, though. Like, I'm the only one that needs to really do the work. Because I have a lot of issues, like, around saying no as well. So even if he, like, initiates sex 
and I don't want it, like I do it anyway because I can't say no. And that kind of sometimes makes me angry at him, which isn't fair, but I just have like a lot of guilt around that too. And I think that's also causing problems. So it's like all these different layers <laughs> causing like this one big clusterfuck that I don't know what to do with. But I guess like what you said is just say it to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the practicing saying no, like you get to really create tools between the two of you to help you be able to do that easier so that, so that you rewire, you know, there's a rewiring that needs to be done, you know, when you've experienced sexual trauma, um, or you've not really had healthy relationships and your wires have gotten crossed. It's, you know, a lot of times, the, um, the work is like the healing work is largely inside about like detangling the wires, you know, that kind of crisscrossed, you know, harm and pleasure or, you know, um, betrayal and love or you know whatever it is yeah that's so true because the the couples therapist said something along those lines where like a lot of my past it was very unconsensual I didn't really have a say in whether it happened or not so now that it it is I kind of like don't really know what to do with it and I tend to associate like pain with love rather than like tenderness and like intimacy like that's, I think, why I kind of get turned off by it because for so long, I've crisscrossed, like you said, love mm -hmm. with something else that apparently isn't really love. So it's just a relearning process for me, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How important is this to you to change? Like on a scale of one to 10, if one was, it's not important at all. And 10 was, it's one of the most important things to me. Where would you put it? I would say it's pretty important to me, maybe like a seven, mm -hmm. um, because I don't want this to just keep reappearing in my life again, which I, I know it will if I don't get to the bottom mm -hmm. of it, but yeah, I would say it's around like a seven. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have a lot of opportunities here and he has shown up to help you heal. Yeah. Um, you know, just getting to have a healthy relationship has been healing for you. And so this is another layer of it, another really big layer of it. Um, yeah. you know, you learning to speak up for yourself, learning to check in with yourself and know whether it's a yes or a no and be okay saying yes or no. Like all of those pieces are really important. Um, what I heard you say is that um, what you really want is to love sex, to see it as an opportunity for connection, to not be turned off by vulnerability or intimacy, to feel your body is empowered. Um, you want pleasure from sex with a partner. You want to have orgasms with a partner. You want to be present and not hate your naked body. Um, 
So I don't know if we would venture so far as to say you'd like to love your body. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you'd like to heal the wound around the sexual trauma. Um, you want to see sex as equal. And that would mean you'd be a lot happier in your life. You'd feel safe with your partner. You'd have a sense of security. Um, you'd feel like you have a clean slate and a new start for your sexuality. You'd feel more connected. You'd feel more comfortable overall in your body and your relationship. And you would feel a sense of wholeness. You know, and now you're with this guy who's loving, caring, um, you know, is getting a lot of satisfaction from sex and you're not, and you're working on it in couples therapy. Um, he feels like a best friend. There's this dynamic that isn't working and, you know, and there's a real opportunity now to get underneath that and really figure out, you know, what the next cut is for you in terms of your own growth and your own wholeness and having the kind of relationship and kind of dynamic you want to have so that sex stops feeling like a chore and it becomes also about you and not just about him, which is what you talked about. Um, you know, and you talked about these patterns of self-hatred and self-sabotage and being drawn to dysfunctional people and unhealthy relationships and putting yourself in situations where you are re-victimized. Um, you talked about your abandonment wound, um, history of depression, self-harm and bulimia, um, not feeling safe in your body, you know, and just really seeking over and over this confirmation that you're not good enough um, or that you're going to be abandoned and that doubt, insecurity and worry. And here you've got this person who's really supportive and um, wants to be there for you and wants to listen and wants to do the right thing. And, you know, you're judging yourself about your own fantasies. You know, you're seeing that there's a lot of shame about sex and sexuality. Um, and you're holding back because you fear hurting him or emasculating him. And it feels like it's a seven and it's, this is important to you. You don't want this to keep happening. That's why at 26 years old, we're having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I was I, like, oh, to hear your own story. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, okay. um, something you said that while you were reading that, that I think is a huge roadblock. I signed up for your newsletter and I was reading your, I think it's seven emails, like within a week. Mm -hmm. And the one I received yesterday was about like your body and like feeling comfortable and safe and at home in your mm -hmm. body. And for me, that's a huge, that's a huge problem because I'm, the older I get, I get more disgusted by my naked body. And recently, like I've been considering getting a boob job and not to feel like empowered is it would simply be to just fit the societal mold of what a woman quote unquote should look like um so I don't know how to how to stop that because when I'm with my partner like I'm always thinking he wishes he could be with a gym rat or a girl that looks like a fitness model um so I don't know how to how to stop that because I also think that's mentally like cock blocking me <laughs> He says he wants that, or you think he wants that? No, I just am assuming. 
<laughs> like I always do. But but he did once say he used to really be into like fitness chicks. So now I can't stop perseverating in my head. Like, oh, he wishes he was with a girl that had a six pack or something. I don't know. That's not me. That's I'm very, very plush. So. <laughs> You're very hard on yourself. What do you What do you get out of that? I I've heard that before. Maybe it's about being right. Is what I'm starting to think. Like if I say that I know this about myself, so if someone rejects me, it doesn't come and like hit me out of the blue. Yeah. So you'll do it first. You'll beat them to the punch, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, congratulations. Great job. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, there's really some important things for you to dig into there. Um, you know, is that stuff you talk with your therapist about? Sometimes. A lot more when I was younger and I was... 17 I was in like an eating disorder treatment so we talked a lot about it there um about like body love and all that stuff but it's just really hard for me to accept my body when I look nothing like what society says that the ideal woman should always be young she should always be fuckable she should have curvy hips and you know I, that's not me so it's really hard to appreciate my body when I feel like it's working against me. Is it working against you? Or you just have told yourself a story that it is? The latter. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you've got some good stories for sure. <laughs> yeah. So did you say you read Women on Fire? You read I did. Book? I haven't read it in a couple of years, but I read it back in, I want to say 2017. Mm -hmm. So I might need to refresh my memory. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot in there that could be really supportive of you. Um, you know, if you want to go deeper with that approach, um, I can talk to you about what that looks like. Um, I'm not doing as much, uh, like big deep dive programs anymore, but I do have my firewoman program. Um, you know, that's really a holistic approach to sexual empowerment. Um, and so a lot of that is self directed. There's videos, um, to watch. And then I do do some live calls with people. So, um, I've just been working with a small group group of folks right now I just had a lot of people graduate and I haven't really uh, I'm, sh I'm shifting gears a bit in my work but uh, I am still working with you know a handful of people and if that was something you wanted support around that would be the way to do it with me right now um, you know I'd also be happy to just like do a call with you and your partner or something if you wanted to do that oh that's a great idea I didn't even think of that <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's really helpful to kind of lay it out. And like, I can say more of the things that maybe are harder for you to say and help you 
help you navigate some of that. And, you know, I think you can also take these conversations in therapy and, and raise them also. So, um, so yeah, I mean, if, if you would like more support from me, I'm happy to talk with you about it. And, um, you know, we can also follow up at a later date if you want that. So. Yeah, I was looking on your website at the different programs, but what was the the specific one that you mentioned, the Woman on Fire program? Yeah, it's it's Fire Women. Yeah, so um, it's the the virtual program. Um, I'm not teaching the whole thing live anymore the way I once did, but um, but like I said, I am doing some live coaching calls, um, and so I'm offering that. Um, at a lower price point this summer. And then if people want to come on to the live calls with me, um, in a small group of women, that's, that's what we're doing this summer. So, you know, if you feel like that would be supportive, um, you know, I think a lot of the things we're talking about get addressed in that, you know, sure. yeah. how to be in your yeses and your nos, how to communicate, um, really looking at your emotional patterns and how you're getting in your own way or harming relationships, um, you know, body, you know, looking at your body, looking at, you know, um, both the external ideas about the body and like what your own relationship is and building more knowledge around your own body. Um, you know, a lot of permission to play, to explore, you know, all of those kinds of pieces. And then also just really ultimately like what it means to be at home in yourself as a human and as a sexual person. Um, because that's, that to me really is the goal in all of the work that I do is really helping people come home to themselves and figure out what that means and what that feels like so that they're showing up in their relationships differently. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what you think of any of that or if you just want to think about it and follow up or if you have questions, then happy to answer them right now. Would you be able to email me more information or should I just find it on the website? Because I, I haven't visited your website since I booked our call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely on the website, but I can email you some information. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if there's a way I can support you, you know, I, I'd be happy to. And I hope that our conversation has been supportive. Um, you know, I I see you. I see the work you're putting in. And I also see where you're getting stuck and why. Um, you know, and I think, you know, it's a journey, as you know. It's, you know, and I know it's, a, it's, a, it's something that we're just like, I just want it fixed. I just want it better. I just want it, you know. Um, but it is a journey and it is, you know, I think you do have a lot of opportunity right now to do a lot of healing, whatever ends up happening with this relationship. You know, there's just really a lot of opportunity here to, to move through some of this and, you know, come out into a new place with yourself and then who you get to be in relationship. Yeah. I haven't thought of it that way as an opportunity that's a really good way of looking at it instead of looking at it like I'm flawed and I can't succeed. See it as an opportunity to heal. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't had a healthy human to be in relationship with, then <laughs> how would you know? 
you're like, oh, this is all so weird. <laughs> yeah, you could say that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm really glad that you reached out. Do you have any questions for me? Um, I, I don't know if you have um, any idea around, obviously, the sexual pain I should go see a doctor, um, but I've, I've heard a lot of it could, like a lot of women experience pain and I really, I went for like my annual a month ago and everything was fine. So I don't know if you have any like ideas where that would be caused from emotionally or if it's a foreplay thing. Cause I don't, I don't really enjoy foreplay. Like I don't get any pleasure from it. So I, I don't know if it's a lubrication thing, but do you think like, I don't know, the pain is normal and it will just go away? Well, it probably won't just go away because pain shows up to teach you something. So it's there because it wants you to take notice of something. Um, I mean, there certainly is a lot of psychosomatic pain that when we are not at peace in our bodies or we have unhealed trauma, of course, sometimes there's there's, um, you know, there's pain that can show up in all sorts of ways. Um, and yeah, sometimes there is a physical thing that we're not getting or that we're doing that isn't working. Um, when you say, is it a foreplay thing? What are you doing around foreplay? Just like kissing and I'll like go down on him. Mm. Um, he'll, try to go down on me but it's really it I don't feel anything like it's just mm-hmm. not enjoyable for me um so I don't know what other foreplay to do like besides that you know mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. yeah I mean I have a I have a really good hand sex class that might be a nice one to watch um it's just like a one-off class um you know, I think sometimes it's learning different skills or maybe maybe there's ways he's touching you that you want to be touched differently, you know. And sometimes that's a hard thing to communicate to someone because yeah. um, it's hard for someone to get it, I think, you know. Um, but there might be sort of like a certain quality of touch that you're really wanting that you're not getting. I mean, I think hand sex is very underrated. <laughs> I think like... There's lots that hands can do, and hands can be very facile in a way that mouths are not, um, you know, or penises are not. So, um, yeah, I would not underestimate that. And, you know, some of it may be him learning to touch you in new ways, and you also learning what you like and being able to communicate it to him. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's a really key, important part. So... I talk a lot about that in my first book, Lesbian Sex Secrets for Men. Yeah. So I was thinking of buying it for him. I, yeah, I don't know I if it's that might be a good one for him to read. I mean, both of you can read it. It's helpful for women too, but I think it might be that might be useful for him actually. Yeah, I was I was thinking of that when I saw it on the website. I was like, is this insulting if I buy this? <laughs> like, does he think- say I talked to her today, and and here's some things about the conversation, and I want to get you this book of hers. Yeah. Okay, I'll definitely look into that because his, yeah, his birthday. It's helped a lot out. of people. It's helped a lot of couples. I think a lot of times couples read it together. Okay. Also, you could read it together. 
You're like, let's read a chapter. Let's like, let's read a thing and then try it. Or, you know, you can make it fun. Like it's, it's, that book is much more about sex specifically and just different ways of having sex. So cool. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're on the path. I really would love to see you give yourself more credit (laughs) for the work that you've done on yourself and the commitment you've made to your own growth. Like that you are thinking about these things as seriously as you are at age 26 is not common. Hmm. You know, women really don't, they wait, they wait until they're really frustrated and pissed off in their thirties. And they're like, fuck, I'm not getting what I want, you know? And that's when they, you know, or their forties or fifties. And that's when they, when they do something about it. So just the fact that you're, really looking at this now just says a lot and you know I would love to see you like give yourself a little a little credit (laughs) for all that you have done and and just stay committed to continuing to discover and getting underneath it you know and if I can support you in that I'm really happy to do that thank you yeah yeah you're welcome you're so welcome yeah, I mean, there's just not a lot of, you know, there's more now, but there just hasn't been a lot of spaces to figure this out, this yeah. part of our lives out with the complexity that it really is, you know. Um, I mean, there's plenty of classes on how to give a great blowjob, which is fine. It's perfectly fine to learn that. <laughs> and there's just, there's a lot more to it <laughs> than, yes. than that. Yes, it's so true. So, yeah. So, well, I will send you some info by email and, you know, let me know what you'd like to do or if Great. you'd like to do anything else. And if not, you know, I just wish you well in your journey and I'm glad we got to.